Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. Welcome back, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to these special episodes recorded at the Women of Cannabis Conference. We recorded these all on-site in the Canavan. If you're just finding that out now, that is why there is a lot of background noise, but we thought all of these stories were worth telling. So, today's episode is with a duo, a dynamic duo, who go by the names Canna Kenny and Cannabis Nurse Heather. They both individually have a fascinating story, Heather being one of the first or the first certified cannabis nurse, and Kenny being a cannabis attorney and huge advocate. So we were super grateful to sit down with them and have not only an informative but a really entertaining chat. So here it goes. Do your thing. We got joints. If we want to spark up a joint, we have hemp pre-rolls as well from inside. Yeah, oh, people just keep bringing us Edmund stuff. group. Good. I hope they're organic. Where are you guys from? <laughs> So we're based out of Boulder, Colorado, okay. mostly. Okay. We're homeless, actually, right now. So oh, okay. this is, we're from here. <laughs> we're from, from we're parked. Yeah. where you park it. Yeah. Yep, that's Terrapin Cove. That's where we built the van in New Jersey. It's a nature conservation, but they have this huge uh, plot of land that is 420 friendly. So we uh, cool. built the van there, and then we trucked it out to here. And this is sort of the first time anyone's ever seen it. Oh, that wow. is nice. Wow. So like, so we've been podcasting for about a year and a half. Yeah. So cool. Nurse Heather and I used to do a show. Oh, wow. And it's uh, called uh, Good News with Nurse Heather. Oh, okay. And it's on CannabisRadio.com. Last time we taped anything was a couple years ago. but. So yeah. you guys I, know I what you're doing. Out. I got so, tired of it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do another one. <laughs> so I, was, uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. So well, it was like, we're I got, not there yet. We had a big following in China. I feel like we have like a weird following in Indonesia for some reason. Yeah, in Australia. <laughs> and Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Australia's mm-hmm. coming along. They are hey. coming on. Who knows? Cool. So, so let's are we rolling? Yeah, we're good to go. We're okay. Cording all over the place. So oh, wow, let's um, go. Let's go. <laughs> let's wired. start with if you guys could yeah. both introduce yourselves and um, yeah, just start there. Tell us who you are and, and what you do. All right. Well, ladies first. Why don't you introduce me? All right. <laughs> I like when he does it better. I'm not very good at tooting my own horn. Kenny Aww. always says the nice things. <laughs> it makes me sound so good. Okay, Perfect. so to my left is the lovely and lascivious Nurse Heather. That's me. Our cannabis Nurse Heather, as we refer to her affectionately in the industry. And she's been the longest serving medical director for a medical cannabis facility. And she's the first certified cannabis nurse. And she's pretty much the leading expert in the therapeutic aspects and use of cannabis. And I'm usually just her arm candy, but... <laughs> Today you're also Today my announcer. Today I'm also Ken Sobel, and some people call me Canna Kenny. 
and I've been involved in the cannabis industry for a little over 15 years okay. and I'm the only person that took and passed two bar exams in the same week on my first try back in 1980 <laughs> oh, and so yeah. I've always had a license in Arizona and California <laughs> and uh, so I got really interested in cannabis when I had a mother-in-law who basically was diagnosed with terminal cancer okay. and after we brought her home with the medications that they gave her primarily opioids for the pain mm -hmm. it was literally she was in a semi-comatose state and when someone sort of gave me the elbow and said you know you really need to try cannabis and we did and we found that all of a sudden her whole attitude changed she felt good she got pain relief she was able to laugh and giggle and enjoy her grandchildren and so that hooked me right away. So since pretty much 2002, I've been doing nothing but cannabis. And I was the first lawyer representing the Cannabis Nurses Association to go to court and prove to a reasonable degree of scientific certainty that cannabis is safe and effective for multiple medical conditions. So um, I'm very passionate. Specifically PTSD. That one is PTSD in which we were kind of representing our returning heroes from the war many of them, many, many, many more than people realize came back with post-traumatic stress disorder. And the reality is one out of 13 people in the United States has PTSD. Oh, yeah. And the majority are actually women. Mm -hmm. And many of those are from domestic abuse or, or uh, violence, you know, in the home. Yeah. So basically we set the standard for PTSD and then about 15 other states adopted uh, PTSD as a qualifying condition. So. Wow. Thank you. Oh, we actually, we just spoke with, uh, it's called the Jane Project. This is Jane. Or this yeah. is Jane Project and has to do with Jane Doe's and, and people that have yeah. PTSD not from a military background, right? Right. Not from a war zone. They have PTSD from getting hit by a car yeah. or being raped and things of the like. So, you know, it's, it's interesting how it's been defined and how many people are trying to, or yeah. are starting to realize like, oh, we have this and then this cannabis yeah. can help. Well, cannabis is phenomenal for traumatic brain injury. And so yeah. a lot of the returning war heroes and others have suffered some type of brain trauma, which mm -hmm. almost necessarily leads to post-traumatic stress disorder. And so but what we find from UCLA study is that if you have exogenous cannabis in your system, you're using cannabis, and as opposed to a person who doesn't, if you suffer a traumatic brain injury, you have a four times greater chance of surviving. Oh, wow. And so think of this, because I was really passionately involved with student kids' sports. Mm -hmm. The age groups of 2 to 4 and 14 to 19, the leading cause of death is traumatic brain injury. So if I was to go back now and do all the soccer teams and football teams and baseball teams that yeah. I coached, I mean, I'd make sure that kids were at least having CBD, you know, yeah. uh, as a preventative. You know, because you can't, like in football, for example, and Nurse Heather has tons of friends who are former NFL players. Yeah. You can't do anything to protect. The brain's going to bang around inside the skull when you have, you know, contact. Yeah, you're just getting into a car accident. Yeah. Car so it's a collision accident. sport, really. Yeah. Football is more so, than yeah. a contact sport. And then yeah. they did the CTE study, and they found that, you know, remember they saw 126 brains from NFL players mm -hmm. and 125 mm -hmm. had CTE. So yeah. Oh, that one lucky know. guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was using <laughs> cannabis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At least CBD. Well, that's that's an interesting point because it just came out. Well, I forget his name, but he was a receiver for the Eagles, and he talked about anxiety and playing in the NFL. And he's like, I have PTSD and anxiety, and I'm probably a candidate for CTE. Yeah. And I 
literally used cannabis every single game that I played in the NFL. And he was he was like he led the league in rushing yards or passing oh, yeah. yards and yeah. touchdowns and stuff one year and everything. So it is cool. I think the NFL because they're an organization that when one person says like, all right, I think we should look into this, yeah. things start to move and happen yeah. that way. So well, hopefully, and I, yeah. and I just saw cool. that the uh, major league baseball mm-hmm. is now starting to not test for cannabis. I yeah. just saw an Thank article goodness. like within the last couple of days, and yeah. so it's good. You know, I think yeah. that's what they need to do is remove it from yeah. anything that's an illicit drug or an issue. Um, if anything, in my opinion, it's a you know performance-enhancing type of drug mm-hmm. um, because of just the endocannabinoid system and the way that it functions and the way cannabis helps as an anti-inflammatory, a neuroprotectant. Um, and so, you know, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, no, one of my expert witnesses when we did the trial, one of them was a medical doctor who, had, who was the chairman of the U.S. Track and Field Olympic Substance Abuse Committee, oh, okay. and he testified in favor of us that cannabis, of course, is safe and effective for mm-hmm. a variety of different uses, mm-hmm. and it's even considered a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it I or not, some people say. And, and Nurse Heather does it whenever she does yoga; she's high. So, yeah, yeah. same. Oh, yoga with a it twist. It does. In I mean. I, I would say for just the mindfulness, it, it's hard for me to slow down and even really get into yoga and the breathing without something to supplement that. I feel anxiety mm-hmm. if I get to the studio and I'm like, damn, I forgot to smoke. I actually get this anxiety <laughs> like, can I make it? It's oh, going to wow. be 10 times harder for me to get through this class. We do the hot yoga that can be quite right. challenging. Yeah. And for me, I even just have this you know, panic if I don't feel that I'm you know, cannabinoid up enough yeah, when right. I get to the studio. You need a yoga bag, like, spare, you know, yeah. like a little stash in your, <laughs> that sticks onto your yoga mat, or the, like the straps, the bags that you put on them. Yeah. And so we that's know our new that, invention. And we know that the, you know, the vast concentration of your CB1 receptors is located in that part of the brain that Israeli researchers have identified as the emotional center of your, of your being. So all of those chemical reactions that are directly related to your emotional center are regulated in some fashion by the human endocannabinoid system. Mm. The endocannabinoid system is fascinating. I'm so interested to see what kind of research comes out looking forward. The, yeah. it's like, it seems like every month we discover something new. You're just like, oh, Definitely. So is that a <laughs> big wait. part of, of, I guess, your work as a nurse is to essentially figure out what's wrong with somebody and balance their endocannabinoid system? Or, or what's your approach to treating a patient? Yeah, it, it's, it's all of that. I mean, my approach is to listen to my patients and to learn from them. And that's how I came to cannabis. I've, I'm celebrating my 10th year in the cannabis industry, meaning that I've had a license of some sort within the industry. Um, I've done a lot of different things. I've been blessed in that way. But when I first came to cannabis, I was a home health psychiatric nurse. And I had a patient that was like 32 years old and he had MS. And he was ornery. And because I was a psych nurse, they would always say, you know, give the crazy ones to Heather. And I said, bring them to Lucky me. I love them. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Um, so I got him. He was a little ornery, had a hard time with other nurses. Um, but they, I got his, his um, chart and I opened it up in his medication record right at the top, the first medication that he had on there was cannabis and that was because he insisted that the nurse put it on his medication record and he was actually the fifth card holder in the state of new mexico way back all those years ago and so of course me being who i was i i started asking him questions and assessing you know 
how does cannabis work for you? What do you do with it? What, what are the benefits? What are the adverse effects? And he taught me a lot because he had a caregiver that was growing his cannabis for him. He was chair bound, so he was unable to um, really, you know, do much. But he had a caregiver that was growing his cannabis and then making different types of products for him. And he taught me that he would smoke cannabis throughout the day to help him with his mood elevation. But at night, he had such a difficult time sleeping because of the spasms in his legs. And if you can imagine trying to sleep at night with your legs, just, you know, and so his, his caregiver would make topicals. And this was the first time I really knew about topicals. And <clears throat> she would make these topicals. They would put them on his legs, which would help his spasms to reduce. And then he would eat edibles and other things at night along with his you know, muscle relaxers and things that were prescribed. But he was able to manage a lot of his symptoms from multiple sclerosis um, with cannabis. And so he was a great gift to me and my beginnings of knowledge with this plant and how it can be useful for medical, serious medical conditions. Yeah. Um, and then I started to realize that a lot of home health patients use cannabis and it wasn't a, a strange thing to see little bits of weed on their, on yeah. their coffee tables <laughs> and stuff. And so I started just assessing them and documenting what they told me. Um, <clears throat> but I also realized that a lot of these patients were using cannabis without being part of the program and we're from new we were in new mexico and so we had what you call brick weed mm -hmm. um and so i would see the quality of the cannabis that these patients had and it was it was junk you know so i i tried to encourage patients to get on the program so that they could access quality medicine and from there my story just goes into a million different directions of doing things that will never be done again. Um, yeah. But it was legal all at the time because mm -hmm. we were emerging an emerging industry. Wow. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful thing that patients now are able to get not only just like better quality weed, but clean weed and organic weed or clean mm -hmm. grain, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just think that's so important. Well, yeah. it was interesting at that time in New Mexico, they only sold flour and so there was no there were there were no smokeless alternatives so at the time i went to the department of health services that was over the program and i spoke to the director of the program and said hey i've got these patients that are on oxygen they can't be smoking i've got patients that have kids in the house and they just don't want to risk any kind of you know where do patients get smokeless alternatives i'll never forget i mean he looked me dead in the eye and he said we didn't really think that far ahead, Heather, and so you're gonna have to figure it out. And I was oh, like, wow. you know, don't don't threaten me with a good time. I love, <laughs> a, good, I love a good challenge, <laughs> and so I did. I was the first um, licensed edible and infusion kitchen in the state of New Mexico. Took care of about a third of the patients in that state. And that's when Ken came into the picture. He kind of pulled me away and said, "We're opening up a dispensary in Arizona, and we would like you to." start an edible and infusion facility there and so we did together and it was the first one to open in arizona and we held the market for nine months we were the oh, wow. only license in the state for the first nine months is it still operating uh it is yeah. we've sold nice. and moved on to other things we're in california now oh, and we God. have about right. a dozen licenses that we're building out we like the startup phase i think yeah, yeah, we've yeah, yeah. kind of decided that you're, that's you're like me i like building i get i get <laughs> bored easily if it's if you know and as a nurse if you're well and things are cool you don't need me <laughs> go somewhere next patient like, exactly next project and you know we're in love with the california republic you know mm. and so 
California is really our home base, but we have multiple licenses now. We're reintroducing our product line called Nature Nurse, and so it's very scientifically uh, formulated by Nurse Heather, and we always believe that the best uh, assistance that a patient can have is having their own nurse, so that's our whole philosophy. Amen. So we do you know, the full entourage, low dose, and we provide a service with our product, so if someone purchases our product, they also have access to get a consult with a qualified, certified cannabis nurse. Wow. And, and what awesome. I found is when you can empower patients, that's we're this plant is helping us to um, experience a revolution in healthcare. Mm -hmm. It's and and the revolution in healthcare. I'm going to give you the secret is patient empowerment. And the more that we can empower a patient to get in tune with their own body and know what they need and what's going to make them feel better and how to gauge those things and be okay and trust themselves. The more we can do that to help a patient and get them off of this mindset of, oh, the doctor told me I have to take three of these pills, mm -hmm. you know, every day yeah, or yeah. whatever. For Patients aren't, they don't need to be under that thumb of a doctor. They don't yeah. need to have their whole daily schedule revolve around, is it time to take my pills yet? Do I need to eat first? Are these the ones, you know, and yeah. it's, this plant is helping to eliminate a lot of those medications and that's one of the things I really saw as a home health nurse was you know we had all these patients that were homebound meaning that it required taxing effort to leave their home but a lot of them were on oxy you know yeah. they were on these these hard nar narcotics and pain medications opiates and so when we could get them on cannabis and using it effectively every single one of my patients reduced their opioids by at least 50 percent and many of my patients got off of opiates all completely. And once they did, I was able to discharge them from home health. And what I learned from that was that these pain medications were keeping people homebound. They were keeping people sick. And by transferring from cannabis to opioids, they were receiving such a better quality of life that they no longer required home health care. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, my the, the owner of our agency didn't, like that very well uh, they did call me in and say mm -hmm. hey you're just we're just charging a lot of patients from service why why is that and i said look my patients are getting better they use cannabis wow. and if you have a problem with that then, yeah. then we have you, a problem then you, then you have a problem <laughs> seriously yeah. roll, roll your sleeves up. Yeah. Uh, ken's here wearing uh, sandals i can tell you you're in the california vibe. oh yeah, yeah. I love it. he's usually wearing a tank top and sandals um nice. even to the mj bizcon if you go you'll see him wearing I, we that. We will see I'm you the there. Guy. I'm to do that. I, I always sandals. say I, I say he's so cool he can out. he can get away. No with judgment it. at all. There you go. Yeah. It's like it's like Rick Rubin he walks around barefoot all the time. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. He's Rick Rubin mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But bringing it back to patient empowerment, I think that's such an important thing that you said and it's something that we were just talking about in that um, <laughs> we were just talking about it in that the patient, you know, you can get a doctor's recommendation, you can do all this, you can try a million products, but it's going to come down to how you use them and knowing your body and knowing everything else that you do. Are you hydrated? Did you like eat well this week? You know, what is your exercise regimen? So yeah, yeah. knowing your you, body. You know, we know that the human endocannabinoid system has developed over 70 million years of evolution. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to bake that in, you know, like this is a plant that was put here by whatever all-powerful force you believe in, yeah. um, but it was an all-powerful force that made that happen for that plant to specifically benefit humans. And that's mm -hmm. what it's there for. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's there for all those cannabinoids and others elements within the plant to protect the plant, mm -hmm. but it just so happens we're a lot closer to plants than we sometimes think we are. Yeah, yeah. We set our ego aside and decide that this plant actually is probably the most comprehensive, broad, um, beneficial plant that we have on, on the planet. Yeah. There's a lot of beneficial plants, there but are. I think the special part of this endocannabinoid system cannabis connection is that we're finding that humans suffer from what we call chronic endocannabinoid uh, de deficiency. deficiency yeah. And so that in medicine, anytime someone's deficient, whether it's vit vitamin B12, vitamin D, whatever, we supplement with a supplemental source. And cannabis is a perfect supplement for endocannabinoid deficiency. And it's, uh, it's amazing that if you think about it from 1935 to 1937 when it was prohibited the increase of cancers immune disorders and uh, neurological disorders that have just increased significantly over this last you know 80 90 years um, yeah. it's I, I feel that it has to do with the fact that we've eliminated plants from our life specifically mm -hmm. cannabis and hemp but all plants are good and it's interesting right now the conversation is going in directions of, you know, um, psilocybin and mm -hmm. different plant, you know, ayahuasca and different yeah, plant yeah. medicines that traditionally have always been used for health, wellness, community. Yeah. And now we're starting to see that come back again. This is a little poetic in that way, right? It's like, it, it's been here forever, you know, like the world, the universe provides. It's like we had all the medicine we needed from the get-go. So yeah. that's cool that way. Sorry, I, I cut you off. The universe no, that's provides. Beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> we get a little hippie sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> hippie. It's all right. Oh, yeah. it's my, just, my roots, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't I, help I, it. Well, my mom's a nurse, and she, same thing, grew up uh, like shoeless in Boulder, Colorado before it was... I love Boulder. Boulder 2.0, no. Back when I was a little hippie dippyville. So I grew up that way. Anyway, um, so we're here for MG BizCon. We're at the Women of Cannabis event. Um, what are you guys looking to do this week? What are some highlights? What are some things that you're, the sights and sounds of MJ BizCon? Um, well, we're kicking it off with the National Women of Cannabis Conference. I think yeah. that's a good way to start it. This plant is, the, the, the beneficial part of this plant is the female plant. And oh, so true. I think keeping the femininity alive, at least to start off with, is going to be great. You know, once you get to MJ BizCon, it's going to be a little bit more male-dominated and male-centric, which is beautiful as well. We're thankful to, you need the males to pollinate the females, even in the <laughs> plant world. Yeah. So um, it's, I'm really happy to be here at the beginning doing the, the women component, leading into where we can be strong as women to support the men in our lives and in our um, industry that are doing good work as well. And uh, there's just yeah. a lot of parties. We'll be at the Dream Party, the cannabis. Oh, we're mm. the Dream House. <clears throat> yeah, we're the gonna go to that too. The Cannabis Nurses Network is sponsoring uh, oh, nice. the Dream event. It has a real focus on um, veterans. I know that mm -hmm. some of the ticket sales are going back to veterans organizations, and it it's a subject that's near and dear to our hearts. Okay. Is, uh, and so we're supporting. both advocates and yeah. ganjapreneurs as well. So mm -hmm. this last year we co-wrote a bill called Senate Bill 305 in California mm -hmm. and uh, we did so in honor of uh, a very close and dear friend uh, whose son passed uh, from pancreatic cancer and his story was essentially being admitted initially to a hospital that wouldn't allow him to use cannabis and therefore the opiates that they were pumping into him was basically making it impossible for him to enjoy what 
few weeks left of his life that he had, so we moved him to another hospital that allowed it. So we wrote Senate Bill 305 in California. It basically provides safe access into conventional hospital, hospice, and healthcare facilities for basically hospice-type patients like this young man would have been defined as end of life. And so we got it passed 40 to nothing in the state Senate. We got it passed 77 nothing in the assembly. And then it ended up on the governor's desk and he vetoed it. So we'll be reintroducing that in January. You know, I called them out for being in the pockets of the big pharma because, you know, yeah. to the extent that you have a patient in hospice who's using cannabis, they're not paying $150 dose for the opiates that the hospital's going to get yeah. them. So yeah. he caved, you know, and a lot of people are very unhappy about it. Wow. Meanwhile, another, another set of uh, legislation in California allows up to 6.8 million K through 12 students who have recommendations to use cannabis to be able to take that medicine at school which is a good thing we're not complaining we just think it's silly that you know even a child that is sick at school can get cannabis but if they're in hospice setting and they're in the hospital that they can't access the same medicine they could access at school and so we thought we felt that it was pretty um obvious what had happened regarding the hospital association and things yeah. like that and Seems getting like to the government. on democracy at that point. When your Senate and Assembly all vote unanimously and then yeah. the guy's like, eh. We're coming back for him, you know? <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be here this Thank long you. if we yeah. didn't, uh, you know, know yeah, how no, to take a, take a blow and come I mean, back. I went into the back room and worked with the hospital association yeah. and created the provision that they essentially wanted that didn't mm. d- dilute what we were doing so much. So we thought that yeah. was good and then it passed the health committee with their support, 13 yeah, to zero. Yeah, yeah. But they snuck in at the back door because the last minute, they really didn't want it. Yeah, yeah. But rather than fight us in a fair fight in a committee or in the Senate or in the assembly, they kind of went around us to the governor's office. So sneaky. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, well, the fight continues. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're doing great work. We really appreciate it. You know, One any, last any story, though, I think, that we were talking about before we got into the van is uh, we have an honorary Rastafarian in the room, and oh, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to uh, share that story, if you uh, want. Yes, yes, <laughs> my, my beautiful fa- friends in the Rastafarian community, pre- predominantly in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. where we had met uh, Senator Positive Nelson, who was the first Rastafarian senator in the United States. And uh, wow. Senator Positive and I worked together, and I wrote the Medical Cannabis Patient Care Act for the U.S. Virgin Islands, and it was just passed in January. And now they're moving forward uh, to potentially have a adult legal type of thing. But we got to know all the great, beautiful people that are over there, the Rastafarian community are amazing. And the Senator, as a token of his appreciation for our help, because Nurse Heather was with me every step of the way, but as a token of appreciation, gave me this beautiful little pendant that I always wear. And the senator uh, has one he wears too, so oh, it's nice. like you know the best friends, it's like the best buds. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. But I did want to mention one thing that Ken never talks about, but I always think it's kind of special. We had taken a trip to the U.S. Virgin Islands to do an educational tour, at the request of Senator, and. When we got back, I had told Ken, I said, we have got to help these people get access to cannabis. It's ridiculous that that community, that it's ingrained in their culture, that they don't have safe access and they have to look over their shoulders when they're smoking. And I went to sleep one night and I heard him (laughs) typing away. And I slept all night and I woke up the next morning and I heard the printer. (laughs) And he had written the U.S. Virgin Islands... um, 
Cannabis Patient Care Act overnight. Wow. And it was passed with, with quite frankly, very little um, changes changes to uh, it or amendments that were made. So I, it, it was really an act of you know, nature and, and the great yeah. spirit that he was able to just overnight be inspired. And so when it was finally passed, this last January in 2019, it was just like, ah, you know, full circle. It mm -hmm. came full circle. And we, we experienced a lot of resistance there as we were trying to get it passed. Um, but one good note, the governor just a couple of weeks ago actually has now introduced, the governor of the USVI has introduced a recreational cannabis. Mm. And they're not calling it recreational, though. They're calling it non-medical <laughs> cannabis. Okay. And I think that's really interesting because... It's nice to see that the work that you've done so many years prior where you experienced a lot of pushback and resistance and heartache and heartbreak, um, time kind of passes that by and sort of heals it and brings it full circle. And so it's really, it was heart filling to see that the governor had introduced this bill to, to really provide adult use access to cannabis, um, even amid their resistance even yeah. to medical now they want the whole thing so it's, yeah. it's great it's and really the, great the cool it's concept awesome. that i came up with there that i'm going to try to get in california and i'll start mm -hmm. pushing for as an advocate but basically it was to allow a higher level of home grow you know patients who can grow for themselves and then allow them with the ability to sell up to a certain number of pounds into the legal adult commercial system so that families you know who are not doing so well on the economy we have these days they can actually grow quality strains and sell a portion of what they grow into the commercial system and make some extra money for their family oh, so that's really like cool that. yeah um, yeah awesome. and it's 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 an idea that i was very proud of at the time and i just heard that another jurisdiction was considering doing that and now it's time i think to get california and other states to yeah. you know let, let, the well, democratization that brings it back that. to empowering yeah. people yeah. and empowering exactly. patients and it's yeah. it's not just using the plant i mean i've seen patients that got just as much joy and healing and health and well-being out of caring for and tending and growing these plants mm. even the patients that never could get a harvest just having the plant growing uh, and having something to tend to yeah. has, has it's beneficial it has medical value to it yeah. And, like a uh, yeah. and we have something to take care of. Ex exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, how great. Thank you both so much for everything you do, first of all, and also for coming into our van and talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> we Thanks. love Thank your you van. Thank you for this inviting is... us back in the van. Is it okay to put our clothes back on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. Uh, it's a little chilly outside, now. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're sitting here with nothing but your flip flops on, Ken. <laughs> That's well, how said, we do it in the can of man. <laughs> well, it was my birthday. I thought they said show up in your birthday suit. Okay, yeah. it's a sexy podcast. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much. We hope you all enjoyed our talk with Canna Kenny and cannabis nurse Heather as much as we did. And we hope you continue to tune in to our next few episodes as we continue through this journey of interviews at the Women of Cannabis Conference. Let us know what you think about this funky style we got going on here. And after we're finished, we're going to go back to our regular produced podcast episode style. So thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And we appreciate, again, every moment of your time as always always. Peace out, potheads.
Thank you.